Hi everyone, welcome back to the Immigration Experience Podcast. I'm Sylvia. I'm Mashael. And I'm Isaac. Today we'll be discussing the history of immigration in the United States, the government organizations created for it, and what's happening with it all now. Another heads up that this podcast may include it may include controversial and heavy discussions that may be triggering to some. Mashael, to your best ability, could you explain what your process and your family's process was like in order? Well, yeah, the people who are 18 and older had to take a test, a civic test, writing, reading, and speaking in English. Uh, Whoever is 18, they will get throughout their parents. For the interview, it was a long process because you had to complete a lot of paperwork, uh, provide your information for the last five years, and like a brief summary of what you did throughout the years that you lived in the United States. That's it? Yeah. Um, okay. So what are your, Michelle, just real quick question. Uh, what are your personal thoughts on the test that you had to take to become a legal citizen versus what you're actually learning in the school system? Well, most of the questions that are in the civic uh, mostly we did in like American history class. So when I was reading the questions and seeing the answers, I just remembered that we did most of this in my American history class. And I already like know most of the answers. So that helped me a lot. Even my siblings who graduated not had some knowledge of that test because they took American history classes. Okay, so the American history classes you took in the the American education system did prepare you for the test. Yes, it did, because it covered uh, most of the topics that was included in the civic test. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Well, um, did you have to take the oath of allegiance? No, I didn't have to take neither the test or the oath because I'm under 18, but Uh, the rest of my family did. So after you get done with the interview, if you passed all the tests, um, you go and make the oath, and then they will hand you the certificate. Gotcha. Yeah. Are you happy you didn't have to go through that process? (laughs) Yeah, because it was so stressful. Yeah. And if if I had to take it, it would be easy for me because I went to school and I got educated on these topics, but it was hard for my siblings who didn't go to school. So they had, before two months of their appointment, they had to watch videos, do practices, even go take classes for it. Gotcha. Yeah, so they can pass that test. Don't have to redo it. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. All right. Well, that was a little inside peek of... um, someone's experience from 18 and under when going through the process of becoming a citizen here in the United States. Uh, Let's carry on to the government organizations that were made for this entire process. So a common agency that many people have heard of in the United States is the United States Immigration and Customs Enforcement, also known as ICE. Um, Hey, Isaac, could you tell us uh, why ICE was created? Um... Yeah, I can. After 9-11, ICE was formed under the Homeland Security Act of 2002. 
In order to make civil and criminal authority to protect our national security and strengthen public safety. Okay, thank you. No problem. Um, so, ICE has three major offices, and the three of us will take turns explaining each one. So, enforcement and removal operations is the most commonly known one. They arrest, detain, and deport unauthorized immigrants already in the United States. Unfortunately, Trump made it so that not only did you have to be a criminal to be deported, but he deported any unauthorized uh, immigrants, which proved to be um, very troublesome here in the United States amongst many um, immigrants, and it brought on a lot of issues with the government and the way that they were handling it. Um, the second, well, second office is the um, Homeland Security Investigations. They uh, pursue criminals and terrorists involved in drug and human trafficking, um, weapon smuggling, cyber and financial crimes, and one of the biggest ones, identity fraud. Well, the third office is the Office of Principal Legal Advisor. It uh, provides legal support to other employees and to represent the government in immigration courts. Great. So... Um, just a little public announcement that we are about to start delving a little bit more into our own personal controversial opinions. Um, for me, I'm going to start off by saying, uh, based on a lot of things that I hear, ICE abuses their power and intended mission by extending jail stays and breaking the law. They refuse to be empathetic and treat immigrants as if they're less than human slash Americans. I say this because, for example, in the Escobar versus Gaines case, Angel Escobar and his friend slash roommate Jorge Sarmiento were asleep in their respective beds when ICE banged on their door before breaking in without a warrant and without consent. They then proceeded to point guns at their head. There was another story of a child simply playing soccer outside and was detained and nearly deported just based on the color of their skin. I um, have something to piggyback on that. I feel like because of what Donald Trump did, I feel like he weaponized that into scaring a group of people or peoples to just not come to the U.S. And, they're, and the people who are coming are very... they are really trying to make a different life for themselves or trying to help themselves and their family. And the fact that you just always constantly used to harass them and use these forms of governments to try to just drive them back and push them away is very sad. Well, I really hate the idea of ICE because I went through immigration and the process to come here and ready for your life. And then when your family when you finally feel safe and start to build a new life, you get deported and you have to go through all that feelings again, trying to find a home to yourself, try to feel safe again. It is a very difficult process. I just feel, yeah, for sure. I mean, I just feel like those families feel so lied to, you know, about the whole American experience and dream and only to be, like, kicked out when they came here for a certain reason. I mean, a lot of people immigrate to a certain place to have a better life for themselves. And so many people view America as this 
the land of the free. Um, and coming here and experiencing what doesn't feel like freedom is heartbreaking. <laughs> I, I had to ask you a question. When you guys think about immigration and being deported, what what do you think about? Or like, what border do you think about when it first comes up? What do you mean by border? Like, um, you know how we have like the Canadian American border and, and then the Mexican border. Mexican. I feel like a lot of people when you pr- bring it up or when they talk about, they only talk about the people who are immigrating, trying to immigrate from Mexico and South America to America. And I feel like that's what they try, they try to target at the most, and they kind of overshadow the people that are coming from the Canadian border. For sure. I think because these borders are close to the U.S., so it's easy for them to deport them back, thinking that they can find a place there for themselves. Yeah, um, I feel like also stemming from just the past that Mexicans and South Americans were criminalized in the United States um, to look like, you know, bad people. I mean, as much as Breaking Bad is a very enjoyable show, it also portrays the idea that the drug lord community and, you know, all that is heavily based um, in South America and Mexico, which doesn't particularly give a good view on those who just want to come here for a new life, and they're not even criminals, but exactly. just because of the color of their skin, they're seen as that. Yeah. I do want to say, though, that ICE isn't the ones... ICE isn't the one separating families at the borders. That's Customs and Border Protection. They're responsible for patrolling, monitoring, and securing the U.S. borders with Mexico and Canada because, like Mashayel said, they are directly connected to the United States, so it's easier for them to just, you know, literally kick them back to their country. Um, With that being said, they're... I mean, you'll probably see them at airports, too. That's where you see a lot of uh, Customs and Border Protection. You, if you try to drive across the border, that's where you'll go across, like, toll booths or just booths in general where police and um, government officials are lined up to check your passports and your visa cards and all that. And vehicles. Vehicles, too, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Some problems with the um, immigration process is that it is it can be extremely difficult for some people to get paperwork. It was a very very lengthy process. I don't. I don't. How was your experience when it came to? Uh, well, it was a long process. It lasted for seven months. So every week we had to go do some interviews, medical checkup, and tell them like all our life story, what we did, why we want to go, and what we're planning to do there. It was a lot of processing, a lot of questions, and a lot of medical checkups because they needed to make sure that we don't have any diseases or any problems to bring them with us here. Gotcha. As far as we know, um, people can be denied at any time if they don't have the right paperwork. Was that ever a fear of your families? Yeah, it was. We had to make sure what we're saying was right. And you have to say the exact things that you said in the first interview 
to the next interview you're saying so you have to be so careful with 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 what you're saying and the information that you're providing for sure i mean you could add like one more small detail that you just suddenly remembered and then they can start interrogating you over that yeah yeah because especially you have to use this information to get your green card too did they ever tell you when you were trying when you and your family were trying to come over here that i know there's there's like a ton of applicants did they ever tell you that they were ever like stopped up or backed up or kind of overwhelmed or was it mostly a smooth smoother process for you was a smoother process because we came through an organization Uh what organization do you know yeah it is cws which is george world service and um we didn't really cover this last um episode but we mentioned earlier in this pod in this episode that um there are different reasons for people immigrating here some being um political revolutions in their country, some being famine, others being war. Do you mind going into detail about what brought you and your family here specifically? Uh, Mostly to be safe and not having the fear of not waking up tomorrow. Safe from what? From the war that we experienced because before we came to the United States, we had to immigrate first to Jordan, which was the nearest country to Syria. I remember having to walk from the border of Syria to border of Jordan at night. It was for four hours. I still remember that night. It was horrible. Oh, wow. How many miles did you guys walk? Do you know? I'm not sure, but it was around like four hours. That's crazy. Yeah. And we had no one to guide. They just told us, follow the red light until you reach the border and from there they will help you that's just terrifying yeah, yeah. um well, what do you know what the why the war was started like what was happening in the political like government and all that mm, not really sure but the president started hating on people and started to send out his soldiers to clear out some of some places of the country so we had to get out as soon as possible because our home got destroyed so there wasn't a place to live there so the option was to go to Jordan I'm so sorry to hear that that's messed up yeah yeah um, do you have any relatives that um, you don't have to share, but do you have any relatives that kind of got caught up in the process and wasn't able to make it with you guys? Yes, my uncle. He died, but he couldn't make it with us. Uh, there was a gun shooting, and he couldn't escape. Well, I'm very sorry to hear that. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, you're smiling. I can't. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> do you yeah. have dark humor? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's, 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 yeah she's, she's like, LOL, he died. Yeah, um, she's smiling, and I'm, I'm just sitting like... Girl, why are you smiling? <laughs> why are you smiling? Yeah, it's okay, um, so, you... People consider Syria in the Middle East, as far as I'm yes. concerned. Has anyone, while you were here, made any, like, inconsiderate jokes about that to you? 
Yeah, a lot. The most part, they're saying, like, why don't you go back there? Uh, why did you have to survive? Why don't you just went there and just, like, die? <laughs> why did you come here? Girl, why are you laughing? <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, I get wow. it. I get it. Um, do you laugh in uncomfortable situations? Yeah. Okay, I hear lot. you. I hear you. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I... I hear a lot of that myself and I wasn't even like I I never even immigrated here. I was born in the United States. So it's horrible. It's horrible to even hear that. And yeah. for you and your family to have gone, gone through such a laborious process only for them to say that to you. Um and the worst part was they started to say it when I didn't speak any English, so I didn't understand, but when I started to learn, I started remember the words they were saying. So I started to translate it and that's what it meant. Gotcha. Wow. That. that's hurtful yeah very it's um i think more people need to learn about immigration and understand why people immigrate here um like i mentioned before nativism is a very heavy 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 ingrained idea in the american system oh, yeah. and it's just like people think like oh we're americans and they're not they shouldn't be here that's not the idea you know <laughs> like and it's kind of funny how most we're very um, hypocritical people. For sure. I mean, this country was based off of they say a land of immigrants, but yeah, we don't we don't accept people from coming over here. Right, Michelle, how many Americans have you heard con- complain about living in the uh, United States? A lot. Most of them say it's like the country is so boring. There's nothing to do. We wish we were living in other countries. That's why they ask us why you came here. There's nothing. This is so this is so boring. Why did you choose to come here not to another country? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I've complained before. Um, uh, but not because it's boring, but because I don't agree with what the government does sometimes. Um, but that's a that's a different story. <laughs> um, but how does that make you feel? Well, sometimes I agree with them. Because I still not used like to the culture, to all the things here in the United States. So it's hard for me to get along with everything. It's like so strange and new to me. So I'm still getting used to it. Yeah, for sure. What what stuff really like shocked you when you immigrated here? Like how people dress and look. In what way? <laughs> like girls they didn't have like any dress code or anything. They wear whatever they want. In my country I don't see yeah. These kinds of things, like some of them have naked. So. <laughs> yeah, like you, yeah, it was so hard to see these. Right, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but in your culture, you're not supposed to show a lot of skin. No, not really. So <laughs> it was a surprise for me to see them walking in the streets like that. I'm sure. Well, yeah. What was your initial thoughts when you saw people and how they dressed over here? Well, I had like so many questions. Why are they doing that? I know it's like their freedom. But why are they doing it in the streets? Like, it was so strange. <laughs> hey, girl, I hear you. <laughs> yeah. All right. So besides, like, fashion style in the Americas, anything else about the culture shock you? Yeah. Uh, like, people sleep early. They wake up so early. Like, they spend most of their time at work or at school. They don't really have that much fun. Even, like, the stores close so early. Yeah, I mean, a lot of that also happened because of COVID, I want to say. Like, the mall used to stay open till like, 
9, 10 p.m. every night, and now they close at 7. Like, most of the stores close at 7. Yeah. But, um... The mall still does open it to stay in there, but it's, like, Friday, it's Saturday. Mostly, it's mostly empty, though, especially yeah. on the weekend, or the weekdays. Like, it, it's also because here in Durham, there's a lot, yeah. of, a lot of gun violence. But And, <laughs> and the idea that they have work and go to school on Friday. In my country, we don't. Really? Friday is an off day. Yeah. Oh, Girl. That must be nice. <laughs> yeah. Dude. So... It was like that during COVID, but then they, we had, um, what was it, Wellness Wednesday? Wellness Wednesday. Friday. And Wellness Friday. Mm. Wow. So, hold on. You said that you were shocked that um, we're at school or work most of the time. What was what was the work school life like back at um, Syria? Well, at Syria, it was from like 7 to 1, the schools. Wow. Yeah. And the work on Friday, they don't go to work or Saturday. Our week starts Sunday. Okay, so you still have, like, five-day weeks. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Did you prefer that or, like, what we do here? No, I really prefer what we did back there. (laughs) I get it. You know, Friday really feels like a weekend day. Like, it should be a weekend day. (laughs) Sunday does. I don't care what people say. They're like, God says Sunday is the day of rest. I'm like, well, it doesn't feel like it. (laughs) Sunday, you kind of, you know, you're going to gear yourself up for Monday. True. Yeah. It's, kinda, it's like a pregame, you know. Like, oh. I swear, Sunday is the Monday. Yeah. yeah. And I remember in Jordan, for me, school started from 12 to 5. Holy because, crap. Yeah, because we weren't allowed to go to school with the uh, citizens of Jordan. So they had school from 8 oh. to 12. And we had school from 12 to 5. Dang. Well, I'm glad you guys at least got the chance to, you know, like, have an education there. Yeah. Yes. At first, it was prohibited, but then they found that idea. Wow. Wait, so how long was it prohibited for when you were there? Uh, the first one and a half year, I didn't go to school. And how long did you live in Jordan? Four years. Gotcha. Okay. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. How fun. All right, any more culture shocks? I look like this is interesting. It's so cool for me to find out about this. Yeah, and schools, it's mixed with boys and girls. Okay. Yeah, because back there, until fourth grade, girls get separated from boys. So they have different schools. Gotcha. Um, what do you, wait, so you said you have, like, um, an older brother. Yeah. And then you have younger siblings. Yes. So with your older brother, did you ever hear like different a different education um, compared to yours when you were growing up there in Syria? Yes, I didn't have the chance to go to school in Syria, but my older brothers did. And two of them graduated here from Jordan. So it was different f- for them because the education there had books, no technology. And when they came here, there was like no books. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love America. <laughs> yes. That was something strange to me, too. Because, like, I didn't see notebooks. We were studying just piece of papers. Yeah. So, how do you feel about that? Like, I know that right now your education is mostly probably on a Chromebook. Yeah. What are your opinions on that compared to studying in a book? Well, I don't like the idea of we doing everything in technology. I like the idea of book better. I do, too. Yeah. Is there a reason why for you? Mm, I feel like I just get it more when it's like on paper in front of me yeah. instead of looking it up 
and trying to find my information myself, not there in front of me. For sure. What about you, Isaac? I'm not going to lie to you. I do kind of like the online stuff. You're but, wild. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. But I do wish at times some stuff was on pen and paper because it makes it a lot easier. But mm. a lot of stuff, I do kind of like it on the computer. Typical American. No, I'm kidding. You <laughs> <laughs> take it as like we're all lazy. Be like Americans are always on there. Which, okay, to be fair, they're not wrong. This new generation as a whole... We're always on our technology. Yeah. Which, we're getting a little off topic, but it's okay. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, any more questions? As a whole, like not just you, Michelle. <laughs> no. um, although I really appreciate you being open about all this. Yeah, yeah. it's really nice. Um, any questions? No. No, really? Okay, everyone. Well, thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of the Immigration Experiences. We hope to hear. Oh, we hope to see you guys again. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.